Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Histories of the Unexpected. Now, we usually spend our time talking about unexpected subjects, like dust or the history of the lean, which we've just done. Or the smile. Or the smile, which is all about the French Revolution. Chalk. But we also have a, uh, a an extra little strand on how to be an historian, how to get into history. And um, we're both quite excited about doing this little one, which is going to be on how to get your kids interested in history. Yes, I mean, and this is sparked... Largely by, and in the last episode, we talked about uh, history at school. Uh, and the number of people who come up to me and say, oh, they find out I'm a historian. Uh, and then they say, oh, I hated history at mm. school. Uh, which is nothing against against history teachers. Um, but it's just, it's just, you know, there's something that turns people off about about history from a young age. And I think there is so much out there today on the TV um, you know, in books, which we'll talk about on another occasion. I'm just something's just struck me. I wonder if it's to do with personal choice, right? So, huh. history is so huge, and there are so yeah. many different subjects out there that you can do. But when you're at school, you don't get the choice. So, I remember sitting down and being taught about the Labour Party in the 1920s, just thinking, yeah. "What am I doing here?" Uh, I'm not saying it's not important. It is massively important, but it had I had no interest. In it, in it at all. No, I mean, no. at all. But if someone had said, do you want to write about Hadrian's Wall? I'd say, yes, I absolutely would. Or would you like yeah. to be taught about Genghis Khan? Yes, I absolutely would. Or would you like yeah. to be taught about Columbus? Yes, I absolutely would. Um, and so for me, it's a bit of a, I think it's a choice thing. If you, if those of you who know me, they wouldn't be surprised at that. But um, the... <laughs> um, you are contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... It's, it's really interesting, you know. I I think some people are across because they're yeah. made to yeah, study yeah, yeah. something but which they they're not interested yeah. in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's part it's partly that, but I mean, it's but it's also out. You know, there there are so many avenues to exciting history outside of school. Yeah, I think I think part of it is about how how do you interest children in history? Yeah. So the point of this and is saying that it's not it's just about, about school. No, it? it's about how you how you how you inspire children. One of the most inspiring. Um, experiences, and this was at a school. This was a little podcast that I did a while ago, earlier on this year, at Exeter Cathedral School, and they did something called a walk through time 
And basically, this was part of the national curriculum, which is all about part of the national curriculum is about chronology. So you need to know about change over time. And also it's about self-awareness. So seeing seeing themselves in a in a sort of historical continuum and what they asked, what the school asked the kids to do. And these were these were seven year olds. Mm -hmm. The topic was basically about houses and homes. And what they did was they had each been given a particular period so through from the sort of Stone Age all the way through the sort of Roman, medieval, the, the Tudor, of course, are very important, up through into the 18th century, the Victorian and the modern day. And they'd each gone away and built a house from that period. They'd been given a, a period and built a house out of a cardboard box or done a, a sort of magnificent you know, poster. Um, and then I went in and it was in the chapter house in the cathedral. And I went in and interviewed them for an hour and a half uh, about their particular their particular house, their particular period. And what struck me was just the excitement of those kids. Mm. You know, and that kind of that real thirst for knowledge and and also, you know, at seven years old, quite how, you know, how precociously you know, clued up they all were. Yeah, I think making it relevant to the homes is a cracking idea, yeah. isn't it? Because they have their own home, they have their own space, they have their own bedroom. Yeah, you know, if it's shared with with with, with siblings, but um, yeah. they they get that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. We I just did a I've talked in the past about the big project that I did at Powderham Castle uh, this summer, um, uh, which is a huge project. And one of the things that we wanted to do was to get schools in and interested in what we were doing. And the the research is about. The transformation from a medieval, the medieval house into this 18th century house, and what we wanted to do was to get the local school kids interested in that. And the task that we devised was basically the prep was to send them at school to send them with some homework that they draw a map of their of their own houses mm. and populate it with the family like where were they you know their bedroom mum and dad in the you know in in public parts and then they came into the into the castle and we did two things with them we took the idea was that what we wanted to do was teach them about the different spaces in the castle um that was a home but that was also very different from in the 18th century from their own homes you know and basically what we wanted to teach them was you know above and below stairs so we took them into the the amazing music room there and got them sort of dancing you know 18th century dances and 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 having stories and then after that so, so having learned you know what it was like to be an aristocrat we then took them into the kitchens and got them to, and they have this terrific kitchen there, and got them to build fires and scrub floors. So they got this, this sort of, um, you know, this sort of sense of the sort of social hierarchies. And then their take home project was basically to build a shoebox house, a shoebox room based on one of the rooms in, in the castle. Mm. And again, it's about, it's about injecting fun into and bringing it back to the kids themselves and i think you know i think if you have a look at at, at museums today museums that are really good yeah are aiming at children yeah, it's not just museums as well it's um you know i know the cathedral exeter um yeah. you know they have a, a, a fascinating uh thing for kids um and oh, so the time travelers yeah 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 um and there is just so many different ways that kids can get involved now, which but it was not always like like this, was it? No. Yeah. I mean, the time travellers is superb. Um, my kids went to that. 
um, and this this was run by an amazing woman. Um, and what struck me about it was that on a Saturday morning, you know, the number of kids that would go along every Saturday learning about different aspects. It was kind of sort of riffing off the the horrible histories idea. Um, but what struck me was this sort of this incredible sense of chronology that they had, that the kids had. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a timeline on the wall from the sort of um, Roman Britain all the way through to, you know, World War Two. And they sort of said, I'm not sure when I, did we, when you were a kid, did you have that sort of sense of chronology. Know, incredible chronology about, you know, periods and times? They um, all seem to be really clued up. If I did, it would have been through going abroad. And I, I mean, going, I don't just mean going away from the country, but, you know, going abroad in England, going out and about um, and going to foreign countries. But, you know, sort of, I, I, there was a big Iron Age hill fort near my grandparents' house, um, Cadbury in Somerset. It's amazing. Mm. You know, proper ramparts. And, you know, all yeah. you can do is it's one of those great monuments that really kind of, it's very active. It screams at you. What yeah. am I? Why was I here? Yeah. And um, and I, I remember kind of reveling in the mystery of that, um, letting letting buildings and historical sites kind of speak at you, speak to you. I think it's really important. Um you must have found that with your work on castles. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's why I don't, I'm not worried about the future of, of of the history of castles because you know you've just got to go to Carnarvon or Chepstow or the Tower of London, and these buildings go. What am I? Why was I here? Yeah. And you know they they kind of humble you with your own ignorance, and you you have to be able to to answer that. So I you know in that respect, I'm not worried about the the, the future of the history of, of of things like that. It's it's the um. It's the less obvious things, isn't it? So as a kid, you, you need to be smacked around the face with something very significant and obvious like like a palace or yeah. like a castle. So it's it's I think the biggest challenge is getting kids um interested in history that is not necessarily so impactful or or, or visual. Yeah. I think that's a challenge. I think um I think Ram does it really so the Royal Albert Memorial Museum in Exeter yeah does it really well and they won Museum of the Year award for ooh, a couple of years maybe 2012 when they when they just reopened and they are incredibly imaginative and they have these little kits like explorer kits uh, that kids can carry around with magnifying glasses in and and um, they they had for at the beginning I think they, they've got a few left these bee bags which were the, basically these suitcases in the shape of a bee little wheelie suitcases that kids could could carry around and in it was a uh, with all sorts of all sorts of kit um, including a bee costume uh, I have worn the bee costume <laughs> it's a bee a furry bee costume with sort of little uh, you know little wings and and my kids used to love doing that and wheel it around and they'd have a little magnifying glass so they could go up and and sort of have a look at all the extraordinary you know exhibits that they've got there and I think it, I think that's it it's how do you interest kids in history you make it exciting and playful you know it's not something that it, you know it's not like sitting sitting down with them and force feeding them no. the past it's making it interactive yeah and people do that more and more i mean one of the things you just talking about that and your 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 lovely daughters wheeling around um little bee boxes and everything yes. um what i can guarantee you is that my children would have run away oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's um i think one of the key things is 
for for these these um, institutions, particularly they were two and three with? at the time. No, well, I mean, <laughs> even if they were four and five, or you know, six and seven, the is 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 the need to cater for even within a single age group yep. a, whole yep, a whole host range. of different kids with yep. different demands and different interests. Yeah, um, and you know, you might find a load of kids if you find a a a cave on a beach in Cornwall that was used as a smuggling tunnel. That might just taking them down and showing them that yeah. might be a, a, a kind of a more profound experience uh, for some kids than yeah. than um, you know wheeling suitcases around. Not you know, yeah. I'm sort of saying they didn't no, enjoy. No, no, it. I'm no, sure no. they didn't no. enjoy. It. But um, I, that that really worries me. Actually, it's the it, I, I think that's the biggest challenge of history. Actually, there are so many different sites, so many different stories to tell, so many different eras that it is almost impossible. I think to get a group of Young kids in a or adults in a room, unless they've chosen to be there because of the subject, yeah, yeah. and make them all as pleased as each other. Yeah, and um, I, uh, you know, it's a welcome challenge. I mean, it's it's, yeah, co- yeah. it's caused by the sheer scope and variety of history. Well, it's, I mean, there are whole departments in museums that are you know that are dedicated to achieving exactly that kind of thing and to bring in, yeah, you know, socioeconomic groups. But well, I think you know, I, I definitely museums. think museums should be doing lots more away days as well. I know it's all about the pop building. Pop up museums, pop up museums yeah, are great, yeah. but if you've got a museum that specialises in the Romans or something like that, then then you can do a you can tour. do a field trip. You can basically yeah. take it on tour, yeah. and and you can go to other locations, other sites which are relevant to. The subject or the theme that you Plymouth, explore. Plymouth Museum has done has done this. Plymouth has just won a major uh, HLF lot, uh, Heritage Lottery Fund grant, uh, and it's going to be a super history centre there. Um, but while they're refurbishing it, they base the museum is basically closed. So what they're doing is they're doing these little pop up. Yeah, things around the town. Yeah, uh, which are extraordinary. And I think museums working with other museums is really important yes. because a lot of them they see themselves fairly isolation. I think the real problem is you've got the, the Ram, the Royal Albert Memorial Museum in Exeter is is one of these examples, and Bristol Museum is another one. Yeah, they're sort of nineteenth century collections, and they're yep. they're not focused on one thing particularly. So it's quite hard to sell the story because they could, there are so many different stories they can sell. And uh, I think one of the ways that they can really move forward, I think, is to work with each other and with other of these kind of 19th century institutions, which which have massively varied collections. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. The challenge for museums today is funding. Yeah. You know, when you have a, an education department just slashed, you know, you can't afford you can't afford to sort of put on the staff to basically have a, a sort of series of school kids coming through who are interested in Romans. Yeah. You know, what you what you design is a sort of series of sort of worksheets where they can where teachers can come in and kind of self guide the kids around it. What struck me about the my trip to Sweden uh this summer 
uh, was the how in touch with their past the Swedes are. Yeah. Um, Swedes and Danes particularly. I mean, amazing. I, I mean, uh, and I went to, I went to a couple of um, amazing museums there. I talked about the Vasa. Um, one of the things with the Vasa is you've got this sort of amazing warship uh, that we've talked about. 1628, it sinks. You know, Gustavus Adolphus's amazing warship. How do you explain this to a four-year-old? Yeah. You know, yes, there's the ship there, but one of the first things we did with our girls was we went to a to see a children's video that was in English. So we're in Sweden. Was in English, and it was the it was based around a story of a little pig. Uh, who basically was smuggled onto, actually not smuggled onto the boat, was taken onto the boat as food. And so what you do is you it narrated the entire story of the Vasha ship from the perspective of this pig who who happened to escape afterwards. But it was that it was that sort of sense in which it 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 basically made it intelligible to kids with no historical reference. So yeah. they, can, they can identify with the pig. I also went to a place called Fotviken, which was a Viking museum uh, in uh, near Malmo on the coast. So we're talking about southwest Sweden. It was amazing, amazing. Um, you had people, it was basically populated by real Vikings as well. <laughs> so people who, who dressed up as Vikings and all sorts of arts and crafts going on. Um your kids would have loved this. They were taught to 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 shoot bows and arrows ah. and combat. Well, and this, this is children's games. I want to show you this. Um, I, I did it after I did my BBC Four series on weapons, and ah. so they're lucky that their dad had just made a BBC series <laughs> on weapons. So I I I have a small collection of 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 antique swords, which have been passed down. Of course, through, you do. through my family. All <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, at the time, the kids were really into this. Um, this is a saber, is it? Yeah, well, the kids were really into this game called Fruit Ninja, right? Which fruit is Ninja. you play it on the iPad, right? And you, right. you, your finger is like a sword, and fruit flies at you, and you swipe at it, and you cut yes. it in half, and you get lots of points. So they, they were really into Fruit Ninja. So we decided to make an actual. Um, <laughs> we a, played a, ancient a real fruit, ni- fruit Ninja. Yeah. So this is a... my daughter armed with a cavalry saber. I'm going to get in trouble for this. So she's in a. She is in a what looks like a barber. It is a, it is a, it is a, it is an ankle length, ankle length barber but for an adult with, with, um, with a, with a snorkeling mask on and a <laughs> pair of ski goggles, a, a pair of ski goggles and a sword. And so we have a, a, a variety of um, old swords oh, and, and, and a, a, Viking a axe. box of fruit. So there is, um, your son throwing a what looks like an apple or orange that's a very i think that's an apple actually oh look at that (laughs) she has eye hand to eye coordination yep so um we had one of my kids basically bowling fruit british constabulary saber yeah so so the first one is a um so kids this is how to get this is this is is how to get interested in history british arm arm your kids look at ancient fruit ninja on youtube it's a british constabulary saber um a bit of information about it it's 24 inches long the hand grip is fish skin it was issued to the police prison service and the customs and excise goodness me um this does bring history to live it it it, uh, it, here we go um and uh there we are. That, that's all of us. That's the banana getting cut in half. Um, anyway, so this is apples and all sorts of other strange fruit being hacked together by a cavalry saber. And this is a cracker, this one, in slow motion. Boom! 
<laughs> Very dangerous. Uh, so we then armed them with all sorts of different things. This now, this is a lovely one. This is a British midshipman's dirk from 1930. So this is a more of a don't, don't do this at home. This no. is incredibly dangerous. So this is a um, this is a sword which was actually issued to children in the Royal Navy. Oh my! Only eighteen and a half inches long. Um, but it's a so the, the the history of this is there. There's no room to swing a saber on, on a ship, so it was all stabbing essentially. Um, so if there was a sword for children, this is actually this would be it. So it was issued to Royal Naval Midshipmen. Um, it was issued to my grandfather, and so rather than swinging the saber at apples being thrown at you, this was used to stab larger fruit. <laughs> and it's surprisingly difficult. Those that looks pretty rotten. That fruit. was a cabbage. A cabbage. No, that, no, that... They they have just caught a pineapple on oh. a sword. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was very good. That was a very Whoa, good. Oh my word! Those are sharp. Yes, swords. ridiculously sharp. Anyway, the whole thing was filmed with um. Was anyone hurt? GoPros. No, no, no. <laughs> GoPros and safety goggles and. Uh, He's Felix wearing a BMX hat there. And this one, here we are. We've got, oh, got a Viking throwing, throwing axe, axe from 980. This is not an original not one. Not an original this one. This was but... a replica made uh, for me when I was filming my series on castles. Huh. Did so, you get to throw it? Uh, didn't get to throw it, no. Uh, but this one, we were rolling fruit down drain pipes. A four inch blade. Yeah. Issued to Vikings. So have you ever played Bat the Rat, oh, Bat the Rat in a yes. fairground? <laughs> Brilliant. So the same thing, we're rolling fruit down a drain pipe and then trying to cut it in half with the axe as it comes out. <laughs> and it's very, very difficult. As you can see. So I can see why your kids wouldn't be interested in wheeling a bee bag around a museum no. uh, when Daddy um, gives them weaponry and fruit <laughs> to slice. <laughs> Brilliant. So there we go. Um, but I've also had a go with them um, with the, with kids' longbows and stuff. That's always quite fun. Yeah, I think yeah. um, getting people engaged in museum kids and Mary Rose Museum is excellent. Yeah, I went to an Agincourt day. Well, Tara London's uh, excellent. Too. An Agincourt day at Powdham Castle, and my kids and I learnt archery. Mm. Which was oh, Warwick Castle. Warwick Castle is fantastic. So it's 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 own it's pri owned in private hands. It's um, owned by someone. I think they. It's a company that owns a massive British. Uh, entertainment park. I'm not sure which one, so I'm not going to say. Anyway, right. but you can go there and you can see them fire the trebuchet. You can get involved with target practice. There, there's a, it's there's bringing a, history to life. There's a whole way, load it? more there than you might get in a kind of, um, you know, the ruins of an English castle somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's a really impressive place to go. So go and do that. Um, take your kids out. Um, take them to as many different places as possible and let us know how you get on. We'd want to know where, where's best. We're on a mission to find out the best museum for children. For children in England. Hmm. Hmm. Come on, all you museums, get in touch. Show us why you are the best. That's a good idea. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed us, then you can listen to all of our other episodes, which are usually about strange things which you didn't expect had a history. But we also do this strand on how to be in a story and how to get involved in history. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Unexpected Pod. You can follow me. I'm on at Dr. Sam Willis. And I'm at James Daybell. Uh, and you can find out more about this. And and uh, our shows and what's coming up on historyhit.com forward slash unexpected. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.
If you enjoy this podcast and you like learning about the past, check out my latest venture. It's called History Masterclass, and it's a new type of historical event where you can actually learn in person from the best historians around today in unique and stunning historical locations. You can find out more at thehistorymasterclass.com and follow on Facebook and Twitter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The History MC.